what's going on everybody it's another week of half circle back i think this is episode 10 at this point uh i think that's right i want to say yeah, it's 10 I think it's, I think it's 10 i think it's 10 as well you don't listen to this show you don't fucking know tim <laughs> hold on well no, let, me, let me check let me check right now because <laughs> you want to be a dick about it like man i understand you've been up since like 5 a.m in the morning or whatever you went to go work exactly 2 30 but that's fine i don't give a shit <laughs> but uh Jesus but anyways what have you been up to tim so uh last time we talked i told you i was going down a rabbit hole of watching uh Star Wars movies. So, uh, so let's break down everything I've done. I finished uh, season three of Ozark. I watched okay. uh, episode one, two of um, of Star Wars. All right. Did you realize how bad episode one is? Episode one is episode one is good. Uh, episode two is trash. I mean, uh, yeah. At some point tonight, I will be watching. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. So uh, I'm gonna keep that, I guess, going. But yeah, what else? Um, I played some Street Fighter this week. Uh, how did that go? I mean, using the stream. <laughs> that didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> like I had a streak going, and then I ran item and lost the item, even though I should have won the first game. But hey, whatever. But other than that, yeah, it was fun. I have fun playing it. Oh, how you been? Like how you been, man? Uh tired. <laughs> I'm uh like I think I talked about it last week. I mean, I'm still working right now. Uh, for how long? Who knows? But until they tell me not to show up, I'm uh I'm still braving the uh the elements, I guess. Uh, so. I've had to do server changes or basically swap hard drives for servers off hours. So I had to be up at 3 a.m. yesterday and then I had to wake up at 2.30 this morning. Um, so, yeah, I'm not a morning person, so that uh, it didn't go well. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back to a normal sleep schedule, hopefully after this weekend. Uh, outside of that. I just kind of been uh bullshitting. Finally got my new PC set up, so that's uh that's what, what you, we're on right now. What you cooking with, dog? Uh just basic shit, you know what I'm saying? Ryzen five, thirty six hundred, you know. Big money. Twenty you know, twenty sixty, you know. Just uh, just basic it basic the stuff. Humble, but the humble flex, I see you, man. But nah, I mean well, we'll see. I don't think it's going to change anything as far as like how my stream stuff goes, so, which was kind of a, you know, it was mostly like a, man, I'm not going to any tournaments this year, so I don't really feel bad investing this in a, in a new computer right now. So as we, uh, as we found out that combo breaker got canceled, uh, which that hit me, that hit me kind of hard because I've been going to combo breaker since 2016 every year. So definitely one of the uh, tournaments I look at, look to go going to every year. So you know, you know uh, but it but it is what it is. I've been preaching the good faith of uh, you know the, the gospel of Common Breaker, and it sucks that we can't go there this year to uh, go fellowship with all of our uh, brothers and sisters 
I mean, at this point, I don't know where we're going to get to go to this year. <laughs> hey, we're about to have this uh, online major. You know what I'm saying? Mm. No? Ready for uh, Capcom to go ahead and they're going to bring in, like, the top 32 for the leaderboard. That's going to be the, you know, <laughs> the top 32 on CFN. Let's get it. Oh, God. It's the online Capcom Cup. We're about to see some, we're about to see some niggas get, oh, shoot, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm not editing that out. <laughs> oh, everybody, everybody see some people get rolled up. Man, what a schools. way to start the show this week. Oh, boy. My bad. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess that's enough bullshitting right now. So, all right. Uh, I guess I'm going to go ahead and uh, kick it to our guest. Uh, so, we've got Dr. African on the show this week and uh you want to go ahead and give a quick introduction for yourself man yeah sure uh i don't really even know what to say um uh, for people who know me uh, i don't know what you know about me i'm the i'm the scrub that's a stream monster um that sometimes does stuff uh play <laughs> played vega and street fighter 5 played dudley and street fighter 4 then went to you know uh, now I play Bison in Street Fighter Five. I, you know, I just I just kind of rob people whenever I'm losing, so it's no big deal. Didn't uh, you play Dan in Street Fighter Four too? I, I did play Dan. Dan was my uh, my first uh, official main. Uh, I started with Ryu. Uh, Ryu was my very very first character, but then when I ever when I learned the game to a deeper level, or I, I guess deeper than you know mashing buttons to be real. Yeah. Um, then I started playing Dan. I thought Dan was pretty good. I actually was number one Dan for a while. Um, that's crazy and yeah i mean but i was still a scrub don't get me wrong i was a i was a super scrub (laughs) (laughs) so but yeah i definitely played dan for a while um but yeah i mean for for you guys may know me with uh with ex dojo i've made some videos on how to uh how to do certain things and fighting games mindset stuff um but yeah i mean there's not really much to say i don't think i i'm I'm just i'm just dr african that's it just a dude pressing buttons Really? Did yeah. You beat Punk one time. In a, I, in the red yeah, room? yeah, yeah. I beat. I, well, I've beat. I've beat some people. I've beat some people. You know, uh, <laughs> you're not just some scrub. You know, you're not just well, some guy. Well, know. I'm not saying that in the sense that I'm just this trash guy, but I'm not. You know, I'm not Daigo, but I can scrap with Daigo. Hey, there that's, you go. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear, man. That's the way to say it. Um. So what what actually got you into the FGC? I guess this is where you can kind of go into, I guess, your origin story and, you know, we got you into uh, the scene. Yeah. Uh, so I've been playing fighting games for as long as I can remember. And I've been playing games in general for as long as I can remember. Uh, let me see. The first Street Fighter I played, um, I don't remember what it was, but it had to be some kind of knockoff Street Fighter because you did you hit two buttons to do a Hadouken. Um, and that's the game where I learned I learned about, quote unquote, zoning. Uh, because my brothers and I would just stand full screen throwing fireballs at each other, so I was pretty, I was pretty well accustomed to uh, a, a, a fireball game and doing cheap stuff to win from a very young age. Um, so eventually, we we played stuff like uh, Capcom versus SNK. Uh, I was a masher. I knew how to mash DP out. I never knew what the proper motion was, but I knew how to mash it out though. Uh, <laughs> but I tell you that I, I could make it come out. I could definitely make it come out. And then. You can fast forward when, uh, to whenever I came to the U.S. I was like 12 years old. Um, if I saw the the Street Fighter uh, Street Fighter 4 trailer, 
when I was in middle school. And I was like, yo, what the hell? And of course, when I go back home, my brothers already have it. So it was perfect. Um, and we're going, you know, it's just kind of how it's always been. We always went back and forth. But then I found online. I started grinding hardcore. Um, and actually, I remember the exact moment when I realized how good how good players were and how trash I was. And um, when I started playing the game a lot more, I ran into uh, Evil 20, 2009, uh, Daigo versus Justin Wong Grand Finals. That mm -hmm. was that blew my mind because I started understanding the game on a deeper level than I guess my brothers did. And I remember when I showed my brother that that footage, he's like, "Yo, can you believe that anyone is this good?" And he's like, "All he's doing is throwing fireballs. I can definitely beat that guy." I'm like, "Holy shit! You have no idea." <laughs> he has no clue what he's looking at. He has no idea what he's looking at. But I started to understand the game on a deeper level from that point. So I started I started trying to mimic Daigo. I didn't really have any combos, to be honest. If you ever played Street Fighter 4, um, at that point in time, all I did, uh, I actually have this footage of this on YouTube. All I did was throw fireballs, anti over crowd fear. So if they ever got close enough, I just buffer low forward fireball. And if it got too close, it'd be jab, jab, low forward fireball. And it never comboed. It literally never comboed. But I, you didn't I even have the DP, you just had the crowd I had the crowd fears, bro. But the thing is, I, under, I started to understand how people <laughs> thought that I was able to get to A rank literally playing just like that. I was I was a super scrub. I, I mean, I knew a jump combo, right? I knew like jump, jump roundhouse, crowd fears, Tatsu. And I knew that if you jump, I could preemptively do light DP into uh, into Ultra One. And I had pretty good uh, reactions. So, like, I, I, was, I was a scrub, but like, I was a thinking scrub. So it helped me out a lot. Yeah. Um, so, from that point, uh, I uh, eventually, when I was in uh, I was in college, this is when I, I discovered the offline scene. I've been playing for about, I've been playing for about a year. Um, so online, I was I was pretty high ranked for for how bad I was, to be honest. Um, but that's because people don't know how to beat you know scrubby stuff. That's uh, tactic tactical scrubbiness. I'll call it that. Um, so <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So people don't know how to beat that online. But of course, you go offline, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna wreck these people. So one of my friends is like, yeah, there's this place called Fight Club. It's in Fort Worth. It's like an hour plus away from me. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll go. And I'm really confident. And I go to this tournament, and everyone just takes turns waxing me. It was it was terrible. Everybody takes turns. I don't know if you know, like, Integra, Chaotic, yeah, yeah. Love, uh, Arthur, or, or Say and Embu, Adnan. They all just took turns destroying the shit out of me. And I was like, well, okay, I guess I'm bad. I should just go kill myself now. So... I went home and I was like, okay. I shouldn't be laughing okay. at that. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing at that. I, I definitely I, I definitely was actually like low-key depressed because like I just like I have this like this notion that because I'm high ranked online, even if I was to lose to someone, I'd be able to hold my own. But I, I don't even think I took a round off of anyone. So that that was that was an eye-opener. I know, yeah, I know about it. I've talked about it plenty of times where it's like that was like the first time when when I went offline, I was like, okay, you know, I'm okay. You know, I forgot what rank I was in vanilla, but like, you know, I felt like I was all right. And then you go to your first offline session and you just realize like, no, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Like it's a whole nother world. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I started playing the game about when uh, I, I didn't really play vanilla. Like I knew about vanilla. I think I touched it in vanilla like a few times, but I played mostly FIFA at that time. Um, but I actually found out about like online and all that stuff a little bit later, like 2012 or so. Um, so when I came in, like people knew what the hell they were doing, and that's that. That was that was a it was an eye opener for me to to just get destroyed like that. Like that's never happened to me. Before. I guess when I was a kid, it happened, but that was it. 
So I went home and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go look up some tutorials because I can't, I can't let this happen. So I learned, I learned convos um, so I can actually hurt people because I, I figured that that was probably important because when they hit me, it hurt. And then they had all these setups. I was like, yo, why, why can't I do anything when I get knocked down? So I was like, okay, I need to, I need to figure out what this is. So when I watched, uh, I started watching other players, other review players. So I was like, oh, so when I do a throw, I need to do this and do that. I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's clever. And I found out what a safe jump was. I was like, I wish I knew that before. That that's some helpful information. So I started going really, really deep into this rabbit hole of learning the game on such a technical level, that I and I, I, haven't, I wasn't even practicing as much anymore. I was I was taking a lot more notes, uh, more than anything. And so eventually, I started playing these guys more and more. It took me a while to be able to even scrap with them but then um the, i think the first time i actually saw results show up was when i uh i played justin wong um and i believe um i almost took a match i almost won both matches actually but he beat me too but i almost won both, match, both matches i won one round pretty convincingly i was like yo you know what there's no way i would have been able to touch this guy before so I, there's definitely improvement so that was at the end of street fighter 4 when i, I could actually say i was getting good i even i even uh I also this this isn't really anything, but I also ended uh, Snake Eyes' uh, like fifty one win streak or some shit. But he was beating every every good player like that that sat and played him. So I was like, oh shit, I'm actually doing stuff. So that's okay. Like it may not be anything big. It may not be like me beating him in a tournament, but I, I could take that as a sign of improvement at the very least. Right. So Street Fighter Five comes out, and I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely playing. I'm gonna take this game extremely seriously. This was season one. This is when I played Vega. Um, so I was grinding the game hardcore at that time. Um, and then I never really traveled in season one, but I, I, I played a lot in the like the southern region overall. But I played a lot in the southern region, but I never traveled outside of like, you know, regional tournaments or like just Texas. Um, you went to Eva, I think, that year, right? Um, actually, did I go to Evo that year? Yeah, you did go to Evo. Oh, yeah, I did go to Evo. What did yeah. I get, 65th? I think I got 65th or something like that. Yeah. He made it pretty uh, far. But. Yeah, and that, that was my first outside tournament too. So I was I was extremely happy with that result. Um, and I, I think I lost to Nuki by one hit. I legit, and if I would have beaten Nuki, there was a <laughs> so when Nuki beat me, he got a buy. So I was extremely pissed. He beat me and got a buy. <laughs> you got a buy that late in the tournament. Yeah, I don't understand how that happened. I don't know, like, but the bracket somehow led to him getting the buy. And I was like, what the shit. So if I would have just like, done one thing differently, that would have been like top uh, top 16 or like 17th place or something like that minimum. So I was like, damn, what the fuck? But I mean, it, it is what it is. Whatever happened there happened there. I think it was 24th uh, from that point. Um, it was like top 24 winners. So that's still 17th, right? Uh, I think so. Something, something like that. I don't know. But e either way, um, so uh, I played Nuki, I lost, and I lost to uh, Yamaguchi, who was playing Ken. He played Ken in a way that I've never seen before, so it was it kind of threw me I off. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Well, I never heard that name before, but I, I remember it now. <laughs> 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 if I see him again, I know, I know, I'll get him back. Um, but yeah, so that, that happened, and that was, uh, I think, at the time, my biggest accomplishment at that point. Because I mean, it, it was a it was a world class level tournament. This is the first time I ever saw people, you know, that weren't uh, like local for me. So it was it was pretty exciting. I played a bunch of money matches with, with uh, international players. I actually I left with more money than I than I spent because I beat a lot of people in money matches in that tournament. Um, so it, it was it was cool. And then uh, the next uh, next year, that was the only tournament I actually went to. You're right, it was Evo. And then uh, the next year, 
was 2017. I went to uh, to KIT um, and I got seventh. Um, oh no, I got fifth. I got fifth. Um, so I was I was pretty happy about the result as well because that's when Vega got nerfed and I was questioning the character quite a bit at that point. Which I I actually wish I didn't get fifth at that tournament to be honest because if I didn't, then I might have actually just dropped him sooner. <laughs> but I got I, I got that. Fifth, and it was like damn okay okay maybe maybe I can make it work. Of course it's like you know luck of the luck of the bracket all the all the stars aligned and you know whatever. That was season but, two Vega right? It was season two Vega yeah. Okay. Uh, but even then, I think if I go back now with, with with the knowledge and the skills I have now, I actually think I could have won that tournament with with that Vega. Um, people weren't as good as they are right now, that's for sure. Um, so that that so I had that placement, and then from, from that year, um, I traveled a little bit more. I traveled a little bit more. I I think I've I averaged around top sixteen. So, um, but I think after season two, I just stopped practicing as much as I used to. I literally just kind of didn't play the game as often anymore. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what it was. I think I think when Vigor got nerfed, I lost a lot of my drive because like it was it was like borderline depression because of all the time I put in. Like I, I hardcore studied that character, and then it was just like taken away just because I don't know, no explanation, just taken away from you like that. So I think after that I switched to to Nakali. I was trying out Nakali because I got tired of losing to Nakali. And my first two events I got, uh, I think I got thirteen. And then I got ninth. I forget what, what events. I've, I'm starting to lose track. Um, and then after that, I think it was like uh, 2017 when GGEA was a thing. Um, yeah. Then I think I think I was still just averaging top 16 to ninth, but I never really got a top eight except for maybe like Summer Jam. Was it Summer Jam? I don't know. Um, but yeah. All stars blending together. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's something, but the, the the records were kind of in that area, always in that area. It was like from seventh ish to seventeenth ish, something like that. Um, so it it was cool. Um, then last year um, was when I actually decided, okay, I'm now like Hitbox picked me up, and you know they they they, they expected me to perform, so I actually took the time to practice the things that I needed to practice. And I knew I had to play a character that it would be easy to play on Hitbox because I'm learning, I'm still learning the controller, but uh, also a character that's really, really good. I can't be playing characters just because I like how the character is that much. But I actually, when I started playing Bison, I was like, yo, I actually really like how this character plays. He's extremely slow. His footsies are extremely good. And he gets rewarded in every single way that Vega could never get rewarded. It felt like I was playing a, a, a slow walk speed Vega with, with all the rewards, with uh, way better rewards. And I couldn't even feel. I couldn't even feel the walk speed. It's really strange with Bison. I, it doesn't feel like he's slow. I can't explain it to you. I was, I was about to say because that would be like the the hardest thing I would assume is like getting used to like you know Vega has really good mobility as far as like walk speed you know but like Bison you know it's a whole other thing right you can't really move. I guess you, you use specials and you know more for movement for him I guess right and fireball. Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, I, I I think for me. I think the thing that I never realized before I switched is that I don't care so much about speed. I care more about control. So with, with Vegas walk speed, I felt like I had control because I could always be where I wanted to be as fast as I wanted to be. But with Bison, I can always put my opponent where I wanted them to be. And I find that to be more powerful because now they're making decisions to maneuver me. I'm not, I'm not maneuvering them. Gotcha. So I, I can force just by having Psycho X, right? You step in there. 
you're you're in range. I don't know if you guys watch Naruto, but it's like Neji feels that way. It's like I have this whole spot that is red. It's a it's a it's a red zone for you. It's a hot spot. If you step in here now, now you're you're mine. You're you're playing my game from that point. So people are people are spending their whole lives staying outside of Psycho X at a range where if they jump, then I can always do air to air uh, jump strong. It just it felt it felt like I was playing Vega, but it, the, like a super buffed, extremely powerful version of Vega. It's like a different version of him almost. Interesting. So, but yeah, so I started playing Bison. Um, Bison gave me really good results, like almost off the bat. Uh, actually, you and I played Magnegro on the, uh, my first tournament with Bison. Yeah. I've been playing him for about like two months at that point, and I mean, you saw how you saw how how what the results were looking like already. Yeah. Um, He's so, definitely looking crisp with him, and yeah. he only got better from that point. Yeah. So I mean. People have gotten better at fighting Bison. I don't think people were fighting Bison as well at that point in time. I still don't think people fight him extremely well as much as they should. But even then, I was extremely happy because I I, I knew that my Bison was better already than most Bison players that were out there. I could I could already tell it was it was pretty obvious because the more I learned about Bison, I was like, yo, these guys don't really know what they're doing with this character. They're just kind of swinging, and they don't understand the, the 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 intricacies and the power that they're actually holding. They, they they abuse the wrong things. They abuse things like like plus frames. They just abuse plus frames. Abusing plus frames is good, but that's all you get is plus frames, and you're taking chances left and right. So I, I really like the aspect of the characters, how you learn about people and how you can really destroy them once you get a you pinpoint any attribute of their uh, of their gameplay. Um, and the results showed that year. Um, so I didn't travel as much, but every time I traveled, um, I did something, with the exception of one one tournament. And uh, even Evo, I actually I actually really do believe if I knew how to fight Zeku, I think I could have I could have maybe because at Evo I was playing. Uh, I practiced extremely hard for that tournament. I, saw. I think I was playing almost the most optimal I've ever played. And I think if I knew how to fight Zeku, I might have made top eight. Who was it that you lost to? Uh, Yang Min. Ah. Uh, okay. I, I, th- I think it's my fault that he got top eight. <laughs> I, think, I think it's my fault. Because, like, the, the, the way he won, he won off of things that, because ever since I've been playing Zeku, it's like, yo, this dude, this dude really robbed me. Because he used he used uh, my lack of knowledge. Like in the moment he found out, oh, he doesn't know this, he abused it. So I was I was trying to run away and escape things that there were there was no reason to escape. For example, uh, Stan Roundhouse. I would block Stan Roundhouse standing, and then uh, and then just like try to delay jump back or backdash or something and get hit by another. Yeah, one. yeah. It's like what? Im- imagine now I have V Trigger two on deck and I block Stan Roundhouse. Me now he's dead. <laughs> so it, it was just it was just stuff like that 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 kind of threw me uh, threw me for a loop. Uh, but outside of that, I think every event that I went to, I didn't really go to that many. Um, but the ones that I went to, I think I did really well. Of course, I also won uh, Red Bull uh, Houston, which yeah. I don't I don't think I could have done with uh, any of my other characters. Not even uh, not even Vega back then, huh? I guess that was season four, right? Definitely not. My my Vega could not be toy. Um, my Vega could could lose to any one of those people at any point in time. But the amount of control that I get with Bison, that is it's it's hard to explain. But I think my biggest strength is like, it's getting people to do to 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 give me their weakness. Like uh, like putting putting them in situations where they have to give me a response and then gathering the info and then blowing them up for it. But with other characters, it always feels like to to take to learn to learn the info, I have to take a chance. 
and then to to to, uh, to take advantage of that info to attack to attack the weak spots or avoid their their strengths, I also have to take risk. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all about the characters that I play. Maybe it's the whole game, but maybe Bison's the only character that can gather info without taking chances. See, I you know what? That's interesting because I felt like. And I, mean, I guess I still feel like that about Birdie, but like I felt like that about like peak Birdie, like season four Birdie. I felt like you really didn't have to do a whole lot, and it was easy to like you play a very basic game, figure out how people deal with certain things, and then try and take advantage of it, right? I mean, obviously, like he doesn't get huge reward unless it's off like a whiff punish, but you know, you kind of use his tools to kind of set that stuff up. I mean, I think I think Birdie is generally a fine character if it wasn't for the. The, the hurt box issues from um, from before yeah um, that, was, that was honestly my only issue with them it's that you couldn't if you can't take if you can't even threaten someone's strengths and their strengths are that good <laughs> then it becomes uh it doesn't, it doesn't even matter if the character is top five or top ten because now w- w- what you're looking at is not it's not tier anymore you're looking at something that's just um uh, inconsistent it's it's just unruly you know there's there's no it's like it's almost like blanca where it's like uh, like Blanca, uh, historically has always been like, where do you even put this gun on the tier list? Yeah, you create a situation that's uh, it's not necessarily random. It's just extremely unpredictable on what's going to happen. So no amount of strategizing, no amount of playing solid will ever uh, will ever uh, give you similar results. It it will seem to always uh, be something that you can never control, and that's the problem. That's that was the issue with Birdie before. The mo- but the moment you're able to uh, to conquer something, the moment I can make you place your scan fears at smarter places, then we can play the game on two. Then I'm just I'm gambling. We're playing casino. Hmm. That's interesting. So um, I guess with that, can you give us some uh, information on I guess the side project you've been working on, like. Side projects I've been working on. Uh, or the ones like like EX Jojo. I don't know. You do like a lot of coaching and uh, shit like that. Um. So let me see. I've been I've been coaching people for a while. Um. So when Street Fighter Four ended, um, well, not even before it ended, to be honest. But at the end of Street Fighter Four, a lot of the players in my scene kind of just went off the grid. All of them, all at once, it just stopped showing up. Uh, at, at one point at the weeklies, it was literally just me and Arthur, who was the person who taught me the game um, at every single weekly. So we'll just, we'll just pretty much just sit there and say, you want to just rock paper scissors this one just to save time? Sure. <laughs> we actually did that it was just kind of stupid. Um, so uh, new players, when new players would come up, um, they would uh, ask questions, and I'll take I'll take the time to you know to teach them a bunch of stuff and whatever I could. And from teaching them, I actually learned a lot of stuff. I learned a lot from teaching people. I had to break down things on a level that I never would have thought about, uh, to where it makes more sense to me, gives me a different angle. So, do you think uh, uh, being a coach has made you like a stronger player of all? Definitely, definitely, yes. Uh, for do- doing it for so long, it's almost like uh, they were like, uh, I don't I don't really know what to call it, but they were almost like the catalyst that would unlock information in my brain that I already knew, but never thought about. Never thought about it in a way that I could apply it. So something as simple as, uh, okay, Mac Negro, you remember when you played Mika, mm-hmm. right? And you remember yeah. when, 
the first time we played uh, Vega versus Mika, I, remember, I don't remember what tournament it was, but I remember like I just did far jump, medium kick, and I and I whip punish you from the air every single time. That was my entire strategy, and I was just reverse and run away. What tournament was? Oh that? yeah, yeah. That was, was like 2016. It, yeah, one of those tournaments, right? One of those tournaments. Yep. Um, so that concept, um, I I got from uh, I got from watching Nemo. But I saw Nemo do it, but I never understood how it worked. So I was like, well, I'll try it out. So sometimes I'll try it, sometimes it will work, sometimes it wouldn't work. And then I uh, I was explaining it to someone at one point. And then I actually said the phrase, it's like with punishing from the sky. I actually said that. And when I said that, I was like, wait a second. That's why it doesn't work sometimes. I'm not letting it whiff or they're pushing their button later. So it's not whiffing completely and I'm getting tagged early. And that small realization has gotten me so many more wins than you that you would understand. And it's just some small little thing in mid-conversation that, you know, you just couldn't think it if you're just by yourself. You just couldn't think that. Someone has to help you, lead you down that path. Unless you're sitting, I mean, I've learned how to think that way now by myself. But even then, talking to someone, bouncing ideas off of, even if they don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. Asking questions could actually lead you down a completely different path. So uh, long story short, yes, coaching someone, uh, coaching people in general from that point, you know, it was so early in my uh, in my Street Fighter uh, times that uh, it's it, it helped me learn how to think uh, more clearly because I had to explain really complex ideas to any person that you know some people don't some people have a hard time understanding so having to explain it to so many people that can't understand literally have no idea what I'm talking about helped me think a lot uh, a lot more clear like I know me and you we talked about it when I was like down there in your area and I thought like your way of like coaching and like teaching players like their characters or help them learn their characters like really interesting like you'll go and you'll actually learn the character yourself and then like i, th- I believe you was talking you was telling me that you asked them like how do you want to play this character like like what kind of style you want to play them like or i guess something that like that range yeah. of you, like, try yeah. to more that? um so the 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 journey with uh so i this is the best way i can put it to you I can't, there's a difference between teaching someone and coaching someone. Um, I, I find that as a huge, anyone can say, yo, that's plus five, right? Um, that's that's easy. Anyone can do that. Anyone can give you information. But to, to show someone how to think on their own and, and to find themselves, essentially, it's a whole different thing. It's completely different. There, there has to be a certain point when um if i'm if i'm coaching you and i'm training you um when you improve enough there has to be a certain point when when you when you ask me a question it's similar to a it should be a peer-to-peer question where you're asking more more of an opinion to do with it what you will which is which is always my goal i never want to tell someone what to do so whenever people ask me this is my this is i hate this people say what should i do here um i can only tell you what i would do there so unless i fully understand you I can I can guide you. I can try and guide you to that spot to your own answer because you're not me. Um, I've taught many many people. I've I've, I've taught, uh, for example, uh, Nigel, Marvin, uh, Wally, um, some other people. Um, the same, even yeah, even like Oliver Queen. It's it's really strange. I taught all these people like six different defensive options, and they all used the same option. But like literally, they just ignored the five, and they only they only use one of them. And I find that strange as fuck. But obviously, they all like that one a lot, right? And that's the one that I like the least. But they all like that one a lot. 
So if I was to tell them, oh, you should do this instead, then I just I take away their freedom of choice to then decide what they want to do. I can only tell right. you, I can only tell them what I know, and then they can use that information however they like. Maybe they can they can uh, dig deeper with the other options and try to find something deeper. But uh, I can't really uh, I can't really tell you what to do. So what, the best thing I can do for you is see exactly what your situation is. See, like I have to know what your character does, what your character's options are, and find as many options as I can that I can relate to you. And then maybe that will help you start you down the path of uh, of developing yourself. I think that's the best way to do it in general anyway, because I feel like when you start trying to tell people stuff like that, they one there, it feels like they might be playing out their comfort zone because maybe that's just something they don't want to necessarily do. So it's like maybe if you tell them that they they feel obligated, like, oh, I have to do this every single time. And it's not necessarily the, the case, you know? Yeah. And uh, of course, this is more for advanced players. Um, this is why I, I prefer training advanced players a lot more than I prefer training uh, beginners. Uh, training beginners is a lot of just repetition and a lot of uh, patience with them learning very basic concepts. Um, but uh, advanced players, I, I find that it's easy to uh, to untrain things because uh, you can you can easily just give them negative reinforcement and then they'll they'll fix up they'll fix up themselves. They're paying a lot more attention, so it's easier for them to pick up things like that. Um, but you're exactly right. I, I think that, and this is opinion, of course, you said it's a coaching style. Uh, I, I do think that uh, once someone understands all the rules, um, that's where you want them to get to, where, where they understand all the rules. And then you can just kind of give them like building blocks some opinions you have about things and then just see what see what that, that little idea grows into. I totally forgot what I was about to ask. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> um <laughs> It's yeah, actually, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you something. Uh, you remember when you played uh, Nigel at KIT? Yeah. Okay, so before Nad, you and Nigel played, um, I uh, he and I labbed to beat you specifically. He and I labbed to beat every single person specifically. Damn. Every single person specifically. So we we. You know what's funny about that? Plays. What? You know what's funny about that? What? Because I barely played to the to the point of KIT. I See, think that's the problem, though. Well, well, I mean, my reasons was like, man, I like so my whole dark process going to season five was like, man, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to adapt with like the one major like change to this character. It was like, it's like, all right, um, I was like, all right, stand fierce, crouching me or stand fierce, and um, stand me and punch. Is like, all right, it's whatever for me. It's fine. I just can't do it as much, right? But like. As soon as the time, yeah, yeah, but this crouch medium punch came, it was like, well, shit. It was like, even though I can anti air using crouch fears or board, it's like in the heat of the moment, I know that my brain's going to tell me to do crouch medium punch because why not? It's gotten me out of, <laughs> it's gotten me out of every like sticky situation, right? But like, I it remember playing. Oh, uh, no, I was saying, I remember playing Nigel. And I won the first game, and then the second game was like kind of back and forth, and then that third game was just like he just put me in a body bag. It was just like I also I I I know I fucked up something, and then like my I was just like at that point like man fuck it, but I was still trying. But like I think when I was playing Nigel, the moment he started crossing me up, I was just like oh I I can't do this without me putting all my thought into like actually anti-airing like properly right and i think me and greg talked about doing crouch uh fierce 
but like in the heat of the moment like that, I think it's like super hard. At least for me to do like on the flight like that. Yeah, I mean, so they're, they're uh, okay. That's that's uh, I'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll 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 link both things I'm about to say to that. Um, so for uh for uh, Greg, um, mm-hmm. well, I, I was actually talking about the past KIT, not the not the most recent. Oh, oh, um, but that's fine. That's fine. I was talking about the past one uh, because it's, oh. it's, it's it's it was in top eight. Um, so I had Nigel prep for, uh, for every single person. I broke every single person down. We had notes on every single person down to, uh, to what's his name? Serpentaurus, who uh, I think was in grand finals, right? Yeah. Um, so down to him even, because we, we found every single like thing he was taking advantage of, every single weakness that I could find on him. And we, 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 we all, we laughed every single thing, but then when the time came, um, this is this is the most consistent thing with everyone I've ever coached. When the time comes, for some reason, they always forget the thing they're supposed to be doing for whatever random reason. So, for example, um, whenever uh, he was playing you, there was one thing that he was supposed to do that I know would have crushed you in that moment. He just he never did it once the entire set. And then one more thing I, I, I told him is that you like to do you like to bait stand strong as well from ball rock. So yeah, I did do that against him early in that set. Yeah, he should watch out yeah. for that. And as long as he watches out for that, then it's, it's pretty much fair game. But if he does not watch out for that, I told him no matter if you if you're gonna forget everything else, do not forget this one thing because you will lose if you don't do if you don't do this one thing. I told him that. And of course, he forgets about it. Does stand strong, <laughs> loses, does stand strong, loses. I'm like, bro, you had literal literally one job. So I, I so I stand up and I call him from the crowd. I'm like, bro, I, I like I, I motion like crowd cheers, I like swing it. I motion it like really hard. So he was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he starts actually having a fighting chance from that point. But the thing is, for me to have uh, for me to have come up with that is a special, it's a special answer just for him. He's not the kind of person who likes uh he doesn't juggle a lot of information really well. He likes he likes uh freestyle, he likes to freestyle a lot, and that's always been his biggest, his biggest uh downfall. But if I can get him to focus on one thing as a primary, uh, as a primary objective. Then the rest of it just kind of happens for him, but I have to know that about him first, so that way I can't tell him the exact right answer. Because even from that crowd's fears, he started doing uh, upper instead, right? So because mm-hmm. he because he knows that, but that's an option that he knows in his head. I didn't I didn't limit him to only crowd fears. What I told him is you can literally do anything else. You can use crowd strong anti, you can use st- uh, crowd fears anti here. Fucking do stand fears if you want to, but do not hit uh, stand strong. Another thing that I've learned uh, that, that I'm going to circle back to you, Tim, is that the biggest thing when it comes to um, training yourself to not do something is not to think, don't do this. That's the worst thing you can do. Never think, don't do this. Instead, you must replace that thing with something else. You have to think, I'm going to do crowd serious, not I'm not going to do crowd strong. Because if you think I'm not going to do crowd strong, the, the literal first button in your head is crowd strong. Yeah, uh, I get that because I guess at that point, you're still thinking about the crowd strong, not the other option, because you're saying don't do the crowd strong. Yeah, so that's the quickest way to adapt in that in in, a, in an immediate moment. But if you have two days to train, you can easily untrain. Uh, well, you can mostly untrain a year a year's worth of bad habits. But it's it's a, it's very specific ways of doing that that I don't feel like disclosing in a in a Discord uh, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in an official podcast. But I'll t- I'll tell you guys uh, like how how I train I. I 
untrained. I, I untrained myself to, to, to stop stand jabbing in a day, you know? And I, that's something I was doing for like over a year. I well, go myself. ahead and it's like, uh, just go ahead and tell me that after the podcast. I'll, I'll tell you. But I, what I will tell you is that it's heavily based on negative reinforcement and it is not fun. Oh, that sounds interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun. It's like it's like a like in a lot of ways we're like we're like animals. We are animals, right? Like when 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 you when you start, you have to make yourself relate something with something really bad. So your fingers, right before you do it, right before you do it, your fingers will stop because you because the last time you did that, something really really negative happened. Many, there are many ways to do it, but that's that's all I can. That, that should give you enough information to where you can work on on any method you like. But the, the way that I do it is pretty fucked up. I'll tell you what I'll, I'll tell you what I do what I did to my students to make them stop anterior jabbing. This works on every single one of them. Every single time you anterior jab, I want you to go just go play ranked uh, for like a few hours a day. And every time you anterior jab, just let go of the stick. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, <laughs> well, like every time you anterior jab, you just you just lose a round. Every time you answer your job, you lose a round. That's that 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 strains about real fast. Like within two days, they're they're checking themselves. Man, go the stick. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's how. That's what I do to them because I'm nice to them. I, I'm I'm way harsher on myself than I am on anyone else. What What do you do to yourself? I can't <laughs> I tell mean, you. That's why he's at a safe route. Oh, okay. 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 All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, you know. That's interesting. I've, I've wanted to get into trying to like help people, but I, the the hardest part I have, uh, or I guess the the hardest part I have with trying to like teach people things is I don't really know how to break things down in a way that makes sense to everybody else. Like I I can look at things and I can say, oh, okay, well in this situation I would do this, and I I can see my thought process, but it's hard for me to explain my thought process to other people and how they should apply it or like. Basically, teach people, you know, I guess in the scenario of like matchups, like how to necessarily like beat things that I'm doing all the time. You know what I mean? I I have a, I have I have something that will that will make sense to you. Um, is to use analogies, use a lot of analogies. Um, when you when you learn about a person, for example, you got you guys tell me something that you're into. Uh, just like anything. 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 Um, uh, music. Music. Okay. So let's say that you're talking to someone who has been playing guitar for uh, for five years, um, or they've been playing drums for five years, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're playing fighting games, and they're complaining about how it's taking too long. They're losing. They're losing. They're losing. The best way to put it to someone like this is to try to get them to relate to music in any way that you can in anything that they specifically do. For example, if they're a drummer or if they're a guitar player, you can say, okay, you've been trying to make it in, into the guitar field for a very long time. How long did it take you to you got your first gig? They might say two years, three years, four years. It's like, okay, well, think about that. If you're competing with other people, people are, people are already uh, famous. They're already out there. They don't have to do anything, right? These guys have been doing stuff for like 10, 15 years, some before you were even born. So you can't expect to get results like these guys. If you can't play, if you can't play a, a, a super diamond, if you're if you're a, a gold and expect to win, that's not realistic. That's like having a guitar battle with uh, who is some famous guitarist? Lenny um, Kravis. Sure, having having a battle with him and expecting to win. If you had a battle with that guy, what would be your first thought? 
then they would probably tell you, yeah, I'm definitely going to lose. It's like, exactly. You need to have that same mindset. Um, someone that I've trained um, is a bodybuilder. Uh, he's been working on bodybuilding. And he always gets mad whenever he loses. He gets extremely mad. Uh, he says, yeah, I've been doing this for a year. How come I'm not able to, I should be, I should at least be able to do it, put a scratch on you guys. And I had to tell him, look, when you walk into the gym, the first time you walk into the gym, how much were you, were you lifting? He's, he tells me whatever number. I'm like, okay, how much was the heaviest guy in your, in, your, in your gym lift? He tells me the number. And I'm like, okay, how long have you been, you, you've been lifting for? He says, two years. I say, how, how close are you to lifting what that guy is lifting right now? And he's like, oh, that actually makes sense. That's, that means what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is completely unrealistic because I can't walk into a gym and expect to lift what the heaviest guy is lifting in a, in a month or in a year. Right. It, it, it's, it's all ego. Just, just The competition will get people into that mindset where they forget that if they weren't competing with someone else, they would be able to see their progress. But because they are, it seems like they're never improving. But if, if everything was a competition in life, then you would always feel like shit. Uh, another, I guess another question I wanted to go into as far as like the training and kind of how you've been uh, like developing that. Um, so as far as like your personal training, um, I know you're like a really big lab monster. How much time do you spend like labbing stuff versus actually playing? I wouldn't say I'm a lab monster. Uh, I don't spend as much time in the lab as I used to. I used to be a lab monster. Um, there were times when I'd be up to like 5 a.m. Uh, figuring out stuff. But my, my lab, uh, the best way I can put it to you guys is that the way I lab, it's not uh, the typical way that people lab. People lab just to find cool stuff. Um, I lab to find practical stuff. Uh, it's completely different. So the way I look at the game, if you break it down to its simplest level, is that there's uh, there's offense, there's uh, neutral, then there's defense. It's just there's just there's just three parts. There's nothing else to it. There's no in, there's no in between. Uh, like there there are transitions where things can go from offense to neutral, from offense to defense, or defense to offense, or where neutral to offense. Right? Any anything there's any kind of uh, order that those things can go in, um, or even just offense to offense that happens as well. Um, but generally, the situations are just situations. So. You whiffing Stan Fierce is just a situation. You, me blocking a sweep is just a situation. My responses to what you're doing um, is what matters. Or, uh, or my expected responses, uh, that, oh, your, your expected responses to what I'm doing is what matters. So as long as I have an idea on what to be doing in different situations, um, I realistically don't really have to practice the game against real people unless I need the muscle memory. Unless I need the the repetition, you know, so I spend time making sure that I'm informed on, on what options are, and I think it helps a lot playing Bison because of how simple the character is. Um, I know that if I if I do, for example, I'll, I'll I'll run I'll do I'll run my normal stuff, and the way I look at it is, what can this person do to me? Then I'll record all those options and I'll say, what's the worst case scenario? So worst case scenario is I get hit by a jab if I backdash after this thing. Okay, but they, they can't convert a jab without a counter hit. So I'm always going to backdash unless they, they do something differently. Got it. So when I, until I play someone that does something different, I won't. there will be nothing else for me to lab. So uh, like uh, Karen's block string, for example. Or um, actually, you just, have you seen the video I posted on, uh, on the EX Dojo account a while ago, the, the one that was called Wet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I remember that. Exactly. So when I play people, I play people to find situations that are weird. 
that I can that I can I can find answers to. So when, when we talk about uh, like uh, remember whenever uh, you you were doing stand fierce and then I said after stand fierce you try buffering stand short or stand yeah. jab. Like yeah. that's something that I lab. I know it can happen to me. I haven't seen anyone do it to me though. But I was like, okay, if I'm swinging this button, what's the worst that can happen to me? So I test that stuff out, and then see the worst thing. I'm like, oh well, no one's doing it yet, so I don't have to worry about it. But when, the moment that happens, I know what to do about it. So I'm my my labbing is very practical. It's not anything like it's nothing really like awesome and special. You know, it, it might turn out that way, but everything I do usually is very practical. It's like very focused training. Uh, so when I play a set, I'd rather play it first to five and call it there than play. So I'd rather play it first to five and lab for 45 minutes than play uh, five first to fives in one hour. Because from that first to five, there's a lot of information that I can use to find actual practical answers that will almost guarantee win me the next set. That's why it's very rare for me to lose the same way twice or lose to the same person twice in a row. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting way to to try and approach training. I guess that's that's kind of how I use like rank matches. I kind of use that to find the weird little situations or like situations that come up like common, like very common. So I can say, oh, okay, well this player does this over and over and like, all right, well, let me go figure out what's the answer I have. So if they press this button twice, they do this block string, what beats that? And then if they, they don't do this, what's their option to punish me trying to stop that? You know, I'll try and look for little things like that. So, you know, like you're saying, you want to be informed. So it's like, you kind of know, well, all right, well, this is what I can do versus that. This is their counter. So you can make better decisions during a match. In, in a lot of ways, my play style is very set play. It's very set play. Not set play. Like when people think set play, they think offensive set play, right? My neutral yeah. is extremely set play. My defense is extremely set play until you force me out of being set play. So I'm, I'm, I'm just like a robot running an algorithm. That's, that's all I'm doing. And on like whatever you do would then influence my my next answer. And you might be able to force me to start taking chances, right? And just plain probability. But overall, for the most part, I just have a primary answer. I just run my primary answers until something happens. Um, no, I but, mean that's a that's a smart way of doing it because it's like you're using less brain power unless you need to use it, right? So it's like yeah, exactly it, it makes beating people. You don't want to overthink something that you don't necessarily need to, you know. But I, I still I do guide my so I, I still do so it's I, I run that by I do it under uh, the scope of risk reward so it's not just like it's the same answer no matter what sometimes I will change it 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 it, it does vary on where I am on the screen how much health I have how much health they have uh, what's the worst thing that can happen to me um, but a lot of the times uh, I was talking about like uh, like Karen's block string or Nakali's block string they're kind of the same thing anyway. Um, when you block the medium, the crotch and medium punch from Karen, if she does stand like a crotch medium punch, from that medium punch, um, the options are pretty, she's, she's locked herself into a situation that I'm extremely familiar with. I know every single thing that could happen from that point. So I know that if I backdash, uh, she can't tag me. If she tags me, if she happens to tag me, she confirms that I'm in the air, then I'll just land and punish her. If, I, if, she, if she does the stand strong immediately, I'll probably just get out completely. If she tries to stagger, I won't be there. If she tries to walk up and throw, I won't be there. Uh, she tries to chase me. That's cool, but then from that point, I'll just start doing delayed jump back. So then it's just nothing she can do about that. So it's it's and then if and if she's doing nothing but trying to chase me, then I can always just push a delayed jab or an, or an immediate stand. Yeah, exactly. So now for, for them trying to chase me, I can punish them for trying to to leave gaps in their offense. But even though it looks like I'm thinking and I'm I'm, I'm gathering info, my information gathering is extremely already set in stone. 
but it, it does it does still depend and, and it will vary based on um on where where what the risk actually is. You know, sometimes if I'm playing Karen and I have a 90% life lead, I'm not even gonna try and escape, I'll just hold down. Yeah. Me. I know I can just make sense. It's not worth it. Just throw me so I can go full screen and guarantee my win. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you're, you're right, though. Yeah, that's pretty much how I play. Um, I one more thing. I do think that a lot, not enough people uh, utilize the the option in training mode to record multiple things. I think that that's probably the most useful thing in training mode, like by far, is to to take multiple things that can happen, record like five different things. You know exactly what what the opponent's primary options are, either the defensive options, neutral options, whatever, um, and record all those things. And find find answers for each one. Write them down. I don't know. I don't care if you have to do like a pie a pie graph or whatever. Find the common denominators. Like there has to be one thing. Hopefully that works for either the the most dangerous things or it works for everything. If you can find one answer that beats every single logical thing that your opponent can do, like I said, backdashing on Karen for uh, Karen's crouch down, for example, is the it, it will beat every single logical thing that she can do, with the exception of just doing Rasenha or dashing up after the crouch strong because she's chasing you. So. I know I already have an answer that beats every single thing because I actually went and I recorded crowd strong, stand strong, crowd strong, low four, crowd strong, stagger, crowd strong, crowd strong, walk up, throw, crowd strong, uh, dash up, crowd strong. I recorded every single one of those things. I know I even know how hard it is for her to confirm if she does dash up and chase me. So with that information, now when I'm, when I'm fighting a Karen player, I only have to look for one thing and one thing only, which makes it a lot easier for me to beat, to not even worry. I'm not even worried at all when I get knocked out. So I think that that's one of the most underused things in this game, not just for defense, not just for offense, also neutral. There are a lot of things in neutral that are pretty consistent. They happen over and over. I see people get tagged with uh, with whiff punish traps like 24-7. Yeah. No one takes it to the lab to think, what could I do to beat this particular trap? And yeah, get, that's something that I think people don't do. I mean, I always felt like that. Like A lot of people don't use training mode to like figure out situations. Most people use it for you know setups like with punishing but like you don't really think about the the things that come up over and over and you know you play this game enough you see things on a normal basis so it's like you know it's not hard to or even you don't even have to play the game because a lot of stuff that i've found out and i've learned just from watching like i'll watch a lot of replays and you know i'll just see okay what does this person do against this character in a specific situation or like you know, i'll look for uh, situations that they try and put the other character in and like what the other person does uh, to get out of it or how they respond to it. And then I'll try and say, oh, okay, well, let me go to training mode. Let me see if, they, if they're if they in that knockdown, like what can they do? Can they backdash? You know, what, what options do you have in those situations, you know? And um, what was I going to say? Um... I just I just opened Twitter and I had the biggest brain fart. <laughs> Twitter does that to you. I got feel you. Um, I was I was gonna say something about. It's actually pretty important too. Oh yeah. Um, so most of the time, um, these situations pop up. There's a pause. There's some kind of a pause usually. Um, that's when these traps happen or these little po- pocket situations. There's some kind of a pause. Um, when it, that's when someone's trying to do something to you, whenever things are usually very rhythmic. Um, when someone gets knocked down, for example, when you get forward thrown by a Karen player, the, 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 the responses from the Karen players are usually very the same. We get backed on from by, from, by a Bison player, that what they do after that is usually very the same. We get hit by a critical art, the options that they have after that are usually very the same. 
These are things that you should always know. So a borrowed player four throws me, they're going to do dash low. It's like every 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 single borrowed does that. You should know that. You should know what they do after it. Um, because that's that's the most obvious place. It's a throw. It's a literal whole pause. It's a super pause. So that means that because you're that far away, this is when people are going to find ways to get back in on you. So what is the most consistent thing that they do? And then you just record those five things or three things. Or record five things and just add two more that you think might happen. And then just see if you have any answers that beat all of them. And you can make your decisions from that point. Yeah, pauses. That that was kind of the that was the note I wanted to add in there. Like Bernie credit cards, what do they all do? Dashboard roundhouse, dashboard command throw. <laughs> yeah. It's the classic. Uh, the classics, basically. What are the classics? <laughs> all right. Tim, did you have anything else? Because I wanted to shift gears into something else if uh you didn't have anything else on that. No, no, I think that's it on that. Okay, so one thing I'm curious about. So I remember you put this on Twitter. So you started learning magic, and I'm I was just going to ask. What, I was just what brought ask. that on? Um. Well. Um. Let me see. I don't, I don't really even remember how it happened. Uh. I just. Let me see. Did I? Did I just like? Was I watching something? Basically, I, I just ran into it. I ran into it. Uh, for wherever it happened. Oh, actually, you know what? I ran into Magic um, on on this show. Uh, it's just it's just a it's just a show. I, I don't remember what it's called. And I saw this show, this other show called Fool Me, and I watched this. I watched this guy. Um, his name is uh, his name is Shin Lim. Uh, he's supposed to be like the best card magician in the world right now. And the things he did, I could not make sense of. Like like legitimately, they just seemed completely impossible and when my brain sees something that it can't explain i kind of want to know but the issue <laughs> is that to know to know what this guy is doing it's it, there's some there's some really technical stuff um so i can't really understand it unless i understand the rules of the game right like i think it, it's kind of like any other uh craft that's that's about deception even like fighting or stuff like that like you can't really understand the details unless you're you're, you're in that person's head and able to see what they see. So I, I just started digging, digging, digging. Um, I, I watched some more of his stuff, and I was like, yeah, I got to know what this guy is doing. So I just went and bought a, I bought a few deck of, decks of cards from a, from a dollar store um, or from, from Walmart. I just started, like, watching YouTube videos and learning stuff. And then low-key, eventually, it just started to, be, to, like, be really really fun i just started enjoying it it's like the technical aspect of uh, of just at least card magic for me the technical aspect is really fun because it's like uh uh from a very young age i've always liked to do just straight up i've always liked to do cool shit um yeah but cool shit that uh not not just like cool shit if, if it's just cool shit just to be cool shit i don't really care but i like cool shit that's uh i'm also a practical person so it has to be practical in some sense um so uh, I, I've I've done a bunch of stuff in my life. I've I've done skateboarding. I've done uh, martial arts, tricking, martial arts, acrobatics, um, all this stuff. I've done played soccer. What sport have I not played? What have I not done? Um, I've I've done everything. So when I ran into magic, um, I knew only one trick. But when I started learning it, honestly, it, it was just so much fun. And then the, I think the best part is whenever you do a trick on someone. Um, and everything works out properly. I've I've actually made people run away from me, like legitimately run <laughs> off. Yo, so, you know, and that was recent. Fun. That was recent. 
because I've gotten so much better. And like every every day, I get so much better because I I practice almost. I'm putting a deck of cards right now. I'm not even trolling you. I practice nonstop. You know, it's funny. Like when I came over to your place and uh, <laughs> like, after get them playing sets, dude, I want to punch in your mouth so bad because like the, <laughs> like because like you was you was you was telling me how the trick was being done, and then you actually did the trick. And then the thing you told me is like, like, hey, you're gonna look away from my hand, and I'm thinking to myself, like, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna look away from your hand. It's like, like, like I know that you want me to do this. I'm not gonna do it. And then as soon as like you're doing the trick, I look away, and then for some reason I couldn't find my card. I think that was the trick. Like I was trying to find like a certain card. Uh-huh. I can't remember. But holy shit, I was so pissed. Essentially, <laughs> I had uh, Greg. Yeah. I, will, I will tell you what happened, uh, but I, I had, uh, it was just a it was just an object in my hand, and it ended up in an impossible. Oh spot yeah, that's right. It was a toothpick. The toothpick, yes. Yeah, toothpick. So yeah, I mean that that was that's still that's a trick that I've I've actually improved that trick quite a bit um, right now. I think I think right now you might actually run out the house, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I, you might actually run out the house because. The, I, my, some of my tricks are they're, they're improved, they're improved enough to where it's I almost fool myself sometimes. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, okay. So I, I don't know. I, I like that. I like that. Uh, the the that kind of reward and like the um, the the psychology of it of, of how much a human being can pay attention to one thing and look at the right spot and look at the wrong spot and how much I can uh, like manipulate their um, their attention. Uh, to one thing and one thing only, or how much I can take advantage to uh, to their um, perception of vision or or, or the, the the brain's ability to fill in the blanks and use it against itself. Um, magic is is a lot more than just it's a lot deeper than just tricks. You know, it's 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 really fucking with the human brain on a on a on a level that's really it's like it's like when you do a far jump and you and you make someone's crowd strong whiff for the first time and they're extremely confused as to why their answer didn't work. That oh, that yeah. it, it's, it's that feeling, but they allowed it. Like the most confident people are the people that I want to fool the most because like they I break their entire world. It's like I take I take a, a single moment in your life and I make it to not make any kind of sense. I find that to be fun. I had like just because I know the type of person you are, I had this whole thing in my mind of like, I wonder if he's doing this for like some type of use within fighting games or something like that, just to understand how people think and like be like, oh, okay, well, let's see, now that I'm learning this, then there's some way to apply that to fighting games. That was what my theory was. My life's journey is literally to understand things in general. That's I like to understand things and how things work, like what makes something tick. Um, the the amount of I mean I've I've always been I've always liked psychology as well like understanding how people think in general how to persuade people and manipulate people manipulate things um, that sounds bad but not really like we all do it um, on a daily basis but I, I want to understand it on a deeper level like literally in in, uh, in in exact context exact context as to how does this actually work it works it works in multiple ways because I can I can figure out how to um, how to control someone in the game, right? I can figure out how to make my mom do something that I want her to do by, by you know, either positive ways or negative ways. You know, there, there are a lot of ways you can utilize it, but I think it makes you a better person overall to understand how things work. And you can you can get your message across in in um, in ways you couldn't do before. Of course, if, if a shitty person learns the stuff that I'm learning, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> if, a, if a shitty person learns, it's like, 
this is this is uh this is what I if you ever if you ever you ever heard the book the the forty eight laws of power yeah that book is essentially uh it's essentially the the what I want to master that's essentially what I want to master I want I want to understand um pretty much what the hell was going on in our heads and exactly how I can uh how I can use it uh to the best of my ability to just make things work about i'm not a big fan of uh, of hurting people i'm not a big fan of manipulating people in a negative way but uh anyone who thinks that you don't you didn't everyone doesn't manipulate each other is naive yeah i mean it, it happens to some extent all the time right that's all the time all the time and yeah. i i realized how uh, how naive people were whenever i i told someone uh you know like when when you're in the fgc for example right you have to be open to hanging out with people that you usually wouldn't hang out with, even if it means that they're just an asset, because it doesn't necessarily mean like, and they didn't like when I used that word asset, but it's like, no, asset is not a bad thing. If you really think about it, people in your life are either assets or liabilities. Liabilities, right? Yeah. yeah. So, sorry, I had a little bit of, uh, I was choking a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was drinking, I'm drinking something. So if, if, if you're not an asset, you're a liability, just straight up. That's just how it is. And that's not a bad thing to think of someone as an asset. It doesn't make you a bad person uh, because to it like it's a lot of the times it's a mutual thing. As long as you treat this person well and you're willing to do for them everything you're willing to do for you, they don't have to be your closest friend. They don't not everyone has to be your closest friend, right? Like I mean, you and I want yeah. a podcast right now, but we don't talk that often. Doesn't yeah. mean that, it doesn't mean that you you only look you don't look you only look at me as this guy you hit up when you want something. That's not how it works. Like we we still talk to each other, we still hang out. Like I know you would help me, and you know I would help you. Yeah, so it's not a bad thing to have people in your life that are like that. You don't have to, you don't have to just not talk to people just because oh they're not my closest friend. So but it's, it's perfectly fine to be cool with everyone, because at the end of the day, that's what life is all about. It's about like helping people and like doing stuff with people. Yeah. Um. That's the psychology uh, aspect that I, I've been trying to uh, to apply to my life quite a bit but magic to be honest it, it was it was just something that happened in a rabbit hole if it becomes something positive then good if not then you know it's still fun to do yeah at at the very worst it's just something that you uh that occupies some time you know what i mean i definitely enjoyed it i mean everyone's bored during this during this whole pandemic i'm over here learning like 16 different tricks a day you know it's fun <laughs> all right uh so i guess to start closing this out um do you kind of want to go through what your uh, what EX Dojo is and kind of what your involvement with that is? Um, you remember you you remember GGEA? Um, yeah. So GGEA essentially was uh, was Optics uh, Academy uh, team. There were multiple games, but I ran. Um, I was the director of the FGC side of it, um, as well as I you know I, I I I was also GM for like their Overwatch team, and I don't even care about that. But essentially, I was I was director for the FGC stuff, and I was also the coach for Street Fighter. Um, so the whole point of this was to uh, help players improve and give them uh, opportunities that they typically wouldn't have, um, assuming that that they came that they they trained under GGEA and then they made it all the way to the top. Um, so this this uh, it involves everything from getting better in the game, mindset, diet. Um, you know, even just overall way of thinking and uh, social media, 
so on and so forth. Just becoming a well-rounded product for themselves in the game and outside the game. Um, so when GGE eventually closed down, um, Sethlon and I, Sethlon is a Smash player, uh, we both decided that we would start something new um, and just continue the process because we, we were doing pretty well at the time. We, we like, you know, a lot of times uh, improvement takes time um, and we are, all of our players were getting better. So we, I just figured that, well, if we're already having these, these players are, they're, they're going to be something, something, I mean, like look at Marvin right now, right? He may not really travel, but my man, my man's is good. And when he practices, when he trains for someone, he actually always does well. And that's someone that when I met him, like well, he was like, I don't even know even he just barely started the game. So th that I, I couldn't just let that, you know, let that rock. So we started this whole new thing. We just called it EX Dojo. We we thought about the name for months. Um, but we just wanted to continue that where we we uh we train people uh, that need to be trained, anyone that needs help, anyone that needs advice on a deeper level, because there are a lot of players that are really good at the game but they don't know how to uh, train people, or get them better or give proper advice. So we want to be that structure that can help someone go from beginning all the way to end. Um, at the moment, we haven't been able to push it as far as we want to. There are a lot of, there are a lot of things in the, on, the, on the back end uh, that could blow up, um, probably will eventually, but at the moment right now, we're just trying to be a, a positive uh, influence on the, on the community. So essentially player training and stuff like that. Uh, and then um, helping players with connections to teams and you know uh, helping them with whatever they need, contract reviews, their social media, if they need content made, they need a stream layout, if they need even equipment, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, wherever we can help the player get to where they need to, to get to, then uh, you know, that'd, be, that'd be solid. I think we've helped uh, about five players get on pretty solid teams so far. So I'm happy with that result, considering how finicky the FGC is overall. Right. That's interesting. I did. I just thought it was just a, a whole coaching thing, but I didn't know that you guys actually help with, you know, teaching people about, you know, using social media, you know, in the right way, you know, going about, um, you know, how to learn stuff outside of the fighting games, you know what I mean? Like the contract stuff, things like that. Yep. I mean, I have, I have so much experience with that stuff, right? Um, I have a lot of experience with that stuff. I have, I have like really good connections to people that can help um, depending on what the scenario is. So it would, it would, it would only make sense that if a player needs help with something, especially considering my background, I, like I, I have a, a media background, I have a, you know, psychology background. I have like, there's, like I said, what have, what have I not done? Right. And I know people in all these fields um, and in esports as well. So it just made sense to me that, we can continue this regardless, whether or not we're we're associated with uh, with the the giant that Optic was. We can definitely still do it in the FGC at the very least. Yeah. Uh, so I'm guessing you were you kind of like behind Nigel with this current team and everything right now. With um, I forgot what the name of it was. Yeah. 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 But that that's a topic I don't want to talk about though. But yes, right. I, I was that that was. Uh, Nigel and Sevens uh, are uh, got, went on, got on the throne too. Uh, oh, oh, uh, Sevens too. Or I still combos formerly known as. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I like with my time being down there. I definitely thought like when I was traveling around Texas for work or not. I definitely thought your guys' scene was definitely the strongest, just because how how close knit you guys were. 
or just how how regular you guys meet up and everything for your locals. Um, yeah. And I I just love the fact that how while everybody's playing, they're they're also talking with each with, with each other as well and like trying to figure out what they're doing while they're playing. Um, I think I think I was like playing with Espada, and like the whole time we're playing like our first to ten, he's just telling me everything what he was trying to do in certain situations and stuff like that, which yeah. I thought was like super cool in a way that I don't see other scenes even remotely doing. Pretty much how we train. It's pretty much how we train. I mean, what, the, the thing with bees, and I always try to push it over here, like us beating each other, it, sh it should never matter. And that that does sometimes backfire whenever we meet each other in like bigger tournaments. And that's shitty because that's happened way more times than I ever think, I, than I think it ever should have. Um, but like generally, like if I lose to to Sevens or if Nigel uh, beats him or if I beat Nigel or whatever, like we never really care because that's that's kind of the people we train with. We know things about each other that like no one else knows um, that we can take advantage of and stuff like that. So uh, generally, we just want to help each other cover those weaknesses and like try to explain to I'll explain to them why I'm doing what I'm doing, so maybe they can find an answer a lot easier than trying to figure out try to guess why I'm doing it. You know, it'd be a lot easier for them. I would hate to, I would hate to watch someone that I train with lose to someone that's doing what I would, what I do to them. Right. So. I think in general that that's just how we are, and we, I talk about how uh, in Street Fighter Four, most of our players, uh, most of the, the top players at the time, like kind of just went under under a rock somewhere. Um, I think that because of how Arthur and I used to train, a lot of the people that came after uh, after me uh, picked up a lot of that, and that, I guess that that's probably a good thing because our scene is probably the least toxic that I've seen. <laughs> to be no, honest, everybody, everybody down there is like in good spirits. It's like, like everybody down there is just having fun, and it's like, um, like sometimes when I go to Atlanta, like I don't feel that, and like me going down there it was just like, yo, this is like a totally different vibe. Everything is just like, like it made me want to play. Like that was the thing, being down there, it just made me want to play, like playing more with you guys, which like I had fun doing. I'm glad you came down. Definitely glad. Uh, you came down. Yeah, too bad my 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 trip was cut down short because of the whole, uh, you know. All right. Well, I don't think I got anything else. Um, you got anything else you want to run by him, Tim? No, just stop doing magic tricks. I did one. It's one I was working on. I had, I have to try it on someone. That's the true. more I try it on, the better. Um, but y'all y'all uh, y'all seen my stream? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been uh, been there. I just times. Uh, yeah, I just saw your highlight you posted like on Facebook. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's kind of what I've been working on. To be honest, uh, it's more content. Uh, it sucks because we're working on content um, down here in general. Like the entire scene, we're trying to come together and work on content as a group. Uh, I don't know if you've seen like like Marvin posting stuff. Um, with, like, yeah. Uh, oh, stuff like <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying to do a lot more stuff like that. Um, like even just streaming overall, doing group sessions on on someone's stream. Um, what I want to do is I want to see if we can have uh, someone on the EX Dojo account uh, streaming at like pretty much almost all the time. That'd be sick. Um, like I can I can hop off, then Nigel can hop on, then Marvin can hop on, then you know maybe Toy can hop on, then Sevens can hop on. That that I think that'd be really sick. But we're trying to just push that. But from uh, right now because of this whole thing going on. It's a lot harder to get content out there, so I just figure out streaming and then post highlights and stuff like that. I try to make the highlights as interesting as possible. See you back playing Vega. 
<laughs> I like how you're waiting to ask that question. <laughs> Didn't wait. I'm just waiting talking so I can ask this question. I mean, like, I, I, I'm definitely not going to main Vega. That's what I was saying. Like, that's definitely not going to happen. Um, but I will say that I hate Geef a lot uh, with Bison. I don't like fighting Geef with Bison. Um, it's it's I, I think it's a lot harder than it should be. I really do. Uh, I've played Geef with a lot of characters, a lot of characters. I've played Geefs in, in Street Fighter 4, and that was when I played Dudley. I, I, this is the hardest I've ever had to try to beat Geef. I don't think I don't think it should be this hard against you know even like fighting an, an ultra gold is kind of difficult if they know that they're supposed to flex and they know how to larry it. Um, so I wanted to find a character I can use to fight Geef specifically. Um, I thought about Chun, uh, I thought about Guile, but then I saw all this stuff that Vega was because um, I never wanted to go back to Vega like in any sense. I never wanted to go back to the character. I saw all this new stuff Vega has, and I'm like, hold up, wait, he can do what? Wait, he can do what? What he can do what? So I just picked up the character for like two seconds in training mode. I was like, yo, this is insane. Uh, because there's uh, there's so much that I don't have to learn if I play Vega. If I play Chun, I have to relearn a bunch of stuff. Like uh, yeah. start using stand short anti-air, which I find extremely stupid. Um, there's like no thought process when I play Chun with uh, with the with the anti-air. And I think that, that should be a huge part of any character that's a that's a far range poke character, but I digress. Um, but with Vega, there's so much I don't have to learn. There's so much I don't have to learn. So when I pick him up, all I'm doing is just filling in the blanks. And I mean, I mean, of course, I'm going on streaks because I I've played the character for years. It's not it's not like I I'm gonna forget all this stuff. Yeah. Not like I'm back playing Vega. It's just more like I never forgot how to play Vega, and I'm just learning the new stuff. And I I, I really would just want him for Geef specifically. Oh, so you're coming back to Vega? That's all I'm hearing. Oh, you hear it. You only heard like the, the 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 last part. You heard, yeah, I'm playing Vega. Deleted everything before and after. <laughs> no, there's no forward. There's no geese. Uh, it's playing Vega. Got it. <laughs> Thought I would never uh, see the day. That's no, what you want to hear. I mean, that's why. That's why. That's why. You I'm gonna main Vega, ten percent of the time, one percent of the time. Does that make you feel better? I'm still maining. That's fair it. enough. That's that's fair enough. Yeah, but hey, you know what? Also, that's if you can look at it this way, both characters are named Vega. That is true. Yeah, if we're going with the uh, the Japanese uh, Japanese version of that, so, so you're, that you're about to play Claw now, right? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> look, man, look. If you, do you want me to play? Is that what? You, why does everyone want me to play Vega? Like this is bad. Actually, weird. no. You go like, hey, you go back to playing Dictator. Hey, I want you to. I want you to win out here. You know what I'm saying. I want you to get your shine on. You know, Vega is only if I if I go on if I go on Bison and a Geef comes on the screen, I will hit circle so fast. <laughs> like I'm not playing that matchup. <laughs> I, I'm not playing that matchup. I don't care who I have to play. I'm not playing that matchup. But if, as long as I have Vega on deck, bro, I'm good. I respect that. You know what I'm saying. Vega got buffed in ways that I couldn't I couldn't believe. Like Stan, his claw attacks now actually hit on the claw. That's been my biggest complaint about the character when it comes to claw, uh, claw on Vega. Like his claw used to go through people. The stand fierce to go through people, but I'm not yeah. gonna take what I can take. So the fact that he can actually poke now, almost like Chun Li, not as far, but you know, with with the same uh, the same tenacity and the same kind of uh, priority, 
uh, even though they're mediums and not heavies, bro, it's it's extremely good. That walk speed plus the movement plus this ability to convert from any kind of uh, any kind of approach that your opponent makes. Um, I I think that this is probably the best the character has ever been. Yeah, I mean he did get some uh, pretty good buffs this season. Even uh, the V trigger one buff is uh yeah, that's pretty good too. Huge, that's huge. They were saying you should get two roses. Vega players are saying you should get two roses. I'm not saying I disagree, but I don't necessarily agree. Like I don't think I don't think he needs two roses. What I think this character needs, I think he needs a three button block string, an actual proper three button block string. He kind of has one, and that's the one I use where he does um, clawless stand fears. And to stand short, crouch, crouch, jab. That's the only one he has, and I'm I'm actually happy with that. Um, but I do think he needs something like uh like crouching medium kick, crouching me, uh, crouching light punch, uh, crouching medium punch. I think he needs that, but I mean maybe that's asking for too much. But either way, I'm I'm fine with it. I think the character right now is uh he's actually good enough to play by himself, and he can definitely win. Uh, I'm not saying he can win consistently, but he's able yeah. to. Yeah. So that's good enough to be a secondary for me. And Bison's still like top ten. I thought it was, I I really thought Bison was top two when the season started, but then you know this this always happens. Things start developing, characters start being better than you thought they were. <laughs> so yeah. Honda, <laughs> which it it really sucks that we don't really have any you know we don't have like a tourney season right now to kind of see how this whole season is going to play out in general. You know we kind of you know. Not really have a good way to see it other than online tournaments, which that's not the you know the typical format for this type of thing. So after playing two Reddit tournaments, I can tell you that I don't ever want to do any online tournament that actually matters. <laughs> it is extremely silly. So when I when I play, I played in this online tournament that I'm like, okay, there, there are two things about online tournaments I don't like. There are two mm-hmm. things I don't like. Um, number one is the connection. The connection is a big deal. Obviously. Yeah. I'm an, I, I'm an ex, I'm a reactive player. That's what I do. I've always been a reactive player. I don't think that will ever change. I don't like to swing at all. I hate swinging. I despise swinging. But online forces me to swing. I hate that. Secondly, is the people online. Not not everyone online is bad, but I've noticed that I'm not the only one who changes when I go online. <laughs> everyone changes <laughs> with me. <laughs> So we're all just a bunch of scrubs mashing buttons, and that sucks. Yeah, kinda. And I, I I can't judge people who play only online because I don't I don't know if they would be different if they were offline. I don't know because I didn't I don't think they ever had the opportunity or I've never seen them in that in, in that in a situation like that. So the people who are online make decisions that they really should not be making, um, or they're people who only play online and don't really care about anything and they're willing to take any kind of chance. I played a Ken player that was doing V-Skill 2 into DP, and he was a grandmaster. He did it like 16. I know who you're talking about. I'm not even going to say who it is. (laughs) I can clip it right now. Are you talking about High Speed Chaos? (laughs) I wasn't going to like be mean about it. Hold up. Bro, it's all all my stream. I can clip him right now. It was insane. I've never seen anything like that. What was it? But yeah, like I kind of... I mean, I, I'm I'm a reactionary player too, so I kind of feel you on that. It's like, and, and the thing is, it forces you to play out of your comfort zone. And then on top of that, when you play online, you can't necessarily even take it too seriously because it's like, sometimes, yeah. If I feel like high speed, chaos. Always, huh? It's high high speed chaos. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. 
Now, I feel like if I waste time trying to figure out people's thought process, when I may not even, this person may not even come offline to ever play. Why even waste the energy trying to figure out why they want to do the things that they do when I should just beat them for just doing it rather than trying to figure out why they want to do it? Oh, there's there's no need there's no point in learning in an environment where people don't care what 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 uh why anything is happening yeah uh, and when when you when you start fighting against you know uh what do i even call them they're they're just they're just not thinking every every everything i can use to call them just sounds like an insult but i mean what i'm thinking <laughs> I mean, go for it. <laughs> <If you want. laughs> I mean what I'm thinking, but it just sounds like an insult. But like, it's 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 they, they don't care. They don't they they're not thinking. They don't care about thinking. They've probably never had to care about thinking, and they're okay with it because it gives them enough results to where it's okay. It's fine. But for someone like you and I, every single hit matters. Every like every single loss matters. Every even every round matters. But that's yeah. not, that's not what we're fighting against. Oh my god! What? But anyways, yeah, that that was that was the yeah. I don't I don't I'm not a fan of online. I don't take it I don't take it seriously, and I, I don't ever want to play in any kind of serious online uh, event. <laughs> uh, shouts out to Reddit, though. I mean, are you still going to actually enter those just for fun? Or? I'll still enter. Great. It's actually it's good for the community. Yeah. Um, but I was, I'm talking more about uh, like the Olympics and stuff like that. Like that happened. Oh yeah, yeah. We didn't even know those were even happening. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen at this point, but I hope it doesn't. I really hope it doesn't. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's still going to be an online tournament if that time comes, but you know, at the time being, like I don't, I don't mind online. Like if, if you're to say CEO is online or whatever, I don't mind that. That's whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll rock it. Uh, but that's for right now. I don't, I don't, I don't ever intend to, and I, even then, I probably still will never take it seriously. Whatever, the, whatever the placements are on that, I don't even care. Like, yeah, they kind of end up just being like an asterisk by because it's like, well, it's online. It's I've, like... I've lost to, um, I think I've lost to pretty much every single real player online. I'm not even joking. This is not a thing. This is not a thing. I don't lose to real offline, but I cannot. My my uh, my last stream was like two days ago, I think. Um, Oh, I saw the highlight where you I, like... I lost to a Ryu. The stream before that, I lost to a Ryu. This is not a joke. Like, I, if, if I didn't run into two Ryu players, I would have like a 45 win streak right now. I'm not even trolling. But guess what? Ryu, for some reason, online is unbeatable. It's a whole nother breed, man. And it's, it's not even like, oh, he's dashing or he's jumping. It's just like weird shit. Just weird shit. So. When, when we talk about online, it's actually a different world. It's it's not it's not reality. It's the Matrix, bro. It's something else. <laughs> that's a good uh, that's a good analogy, though. Oh shit! Yeah, I ain't got anything else. If you wanna you wanna go ahead and pimp anything that you uh, you got going on, Doctor. I mean, just the stream. You know, check us out. Uh, you just go to the Twitter at uh, ex dojo. Yeah, just ex dojo. No space. No no nothing. Just ex dojo. Um, you can check us out on Twitch uh, at uh, twitch.tv slash ex underscore dojo and follow me on Twitter. That's just Dr. African. That's it. All right, Tim, you want to go ahead and pimp your stuff? Yeah, man. Uh, follow me on Twitter at 4HTim. 
You can also catch me on Twitch when I decide to um, stream Street Fighter again, which will probably be like Monday uh, at twitch.tv slash 4H underscore Tim. And uh, my OnlyFans is definitely coming, guys. It's, it's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a joke. I would, I would hope not. Uh, actually, I was thinking about doing something. I was thinking about doing um, like uh, some kind of uh, raffle, like free lesson or something like that, um, like free lessons for this period, um, just so people can try it out. But I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I can if I can pull that off or not. Uh, talking about for EX Dojo, I don't know what do you guys think. Yeah, I think that'd be a pretty yeah, good I'm, idea. I'm, be sick, man. I want to. I want to enter that. You know. Okay, um, I'm I'm opening up the dojo, uh, the dojo Discord. So there's publics, there's a pub, there's a public section. So pretty much anyone can go in there. Um, but I will post the link in here as well. Sorry, you guys can yeah. uh, continue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Make sure you guys follow. Make sure you hop in that Discord. And uh, all right, well, you guys can uh, hit me up on Twitter at Boombox Hero. Uh, Twitch whenever I randomly stream Street Fighter at twitch.tv slash magnegro with a zero and also check out the YouTube uh, youtube.com slash c slash magnegro uh, this podcast will be on there along with uh, some other stuff so um, also you know if you guys got a second go to iTunes and uh, rate the podcast you know anything nice that you can say uh just takes a second and also helps to get the show out there so uh we greatly appreciate it but uh with that man i guess i'm uh i'm gonna go ahead and call it a call it a an episode we uh we'll try and be back we're off we're kind of off because of my work schedule this week so next week we should be back to normal probably do a another interview so uh look forward to that but yeah outside of that man i'm gonna go back to being a bum so all right, y'all take it easy. Peace. And, uh, all right, peace.